Oh, we're back from vacation. Had a nice restful week. Had 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 a little bit of time in the woods with my Square Podcast boys. A little bit of snake time, I would say. Feel relaxed. Feel recharged. But y'all, yawn. I was. I, I feel great. I mean, like oh. yeah. I got. I get. I, the yawn is just me waking up from my restful slumber for the last week and uh, having fun and enjoying the, the time off. Well, that's great. I'm foaming at the mouth. I'm so mad about the news, and, and we took a week off, and I had no outlet for it. So I'm yeah. just sitting here percolating. I'm like, Arr, the news. It's all pent up. Inside. I'm mad, and I want to talk about it with our listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I had during the, the time off. I uh, Do you have a little gym time? I had a little gym time. And uh, I got into my artistic side. Oh. And, uh, well, I'm hoping to make a big splash this year, but I wrote my first musical. Really? What? In a week, you wrote a whole musical? Uh, Well, a musical and a half. Oh. No shit. It needs some editing. But, I mean, not that much. It's pretty great. I didn't know you were, like, a musical guy. Uh, Neither did I until this past week. But uh, it's, it's about my favorite Canadian city. Oh, Manitoba, the the ambitious city. Uh, it was incorporated in in June of 1846. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a CFL team. They've got a, a professional basketball team. Is it how, how close is it to Buffalo? It's pretty close. Okay, it's pretty Cal- close. Calgary. Uh, and and I've got you know, I decided to go with a real simple name for the musical. What is it? Hamilton. <laughs> the hammer. The hammer city. Genius. That's. I hope everybody comes to go see my musical Hamilton. Jim, I thought you were talking about Grimsby. Oh no, no! It's if if you would have thought maybe like Waterloo, oh, I I would understand none of it. None of it. That would been a good one too. Yeah, uh, Etobicoke. Oh yeah, yeah. Rob Ford, pour one out. Right. The Hammer's one of my favorite places to go. If they open that bullshit border, That's I'd funny. be able to. If if only Brian Higgins would do his job and yeah, open the border, fucker. Bullshit. Bullshit. Listeners, welcome back to the square. Oh, hope you enjoyed your week off. Yeah, hope hope you missed us because we missed you. We, uh, you know, doing our thing. Some of us are on the woods. Some of us, I was on the beach for a little bit, playing a little bit of rugby. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm a little. The beat. old beach rugby. That's a 2024 Olympic sport. I think. Is that right? Beach rugby. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I, I'm, I'm thinking like an 80s movie montage. Right. Yeah, it's like, Top Gun, you and Val Kilmer out yeah. there. Certainly in the same kind of short shorts, yeah. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes, we are we are back. And, uh, you know, like I said at the top, we're uh, in the cold open. We are yelling about the news. We're mad as hell. Mm-hmm. And, and there's stuff going on. And, and you people need to know how to think. So we're here to tell you what we think. And then, you know, you probably think the same way as us because we're... We're all like-minded because you're cool because you're rad. Mm-hmm. And we also have an awesome interview with the Democratic nominee for sheriff, Miss Kimberly Beatty. Kim 
incredible. Like, you know, I, I was saying before we recorded here, Jim, that sometimes talking to like political figures, you're like, okay, I get it. There's things you can and can't say. It's it's got to be tough, you know. Like we we talked to Mitch, great guy, very fun to talk with, but he raised the the point of discussion where it's like, well, look, I represent my district, you know, so I not just me personally, I can't talk about stuff, but also because I don't want to hurt my district. And I'm not trying to compare these two people. I'm just saying, like, as a point of reference, like that's why it's always kind of tough talking to political figures. But Kim Beatty was like. She was uh, just a very charming person, and she handled uh, these questions very deftly and provided great answers. With, with aplomb. With aplomb. So please stick around for our interview with hopefully the, the winner, the, 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 the hope, hopefully the sheriff-elect come November. But, but, listener, you know, I know the, uh, the Democratic race for the Buffalo uh, mayor's seat has already... Well, it's already came and passed, and India Walton is, is still the winner, guys. What do we think about that? Yeah, they, they've uh, they've they've counted all the votes, all the absentees that Byron was like, well, they're going to come in for me, and they did. They he, he did win more of the absentees than than he won of anything else. That still made him first loser. Yeah, if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, pretty much. Classic Ricky Bobby, right there. But but now. The offensive is is truly on, which hell of a choice by Byron to uh, to make that call, you know. After he pretty much has lost the the mayor's race, but hey, he's doing it, and we've got uh, we've got all of the usual suspects who you would think would be involved in attacking India Walton and and you know operating on behalf of Byron Brown going at it. Yeah, um, I mean the moneyed interests as they were as they are in the city of Buffalo, um, are lining up behind the mainstream political candidate. Wasn't there an article in the Buffalo News about how big money is infiltrating into India Walton's camp? Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> what, it, it's like, oh, the, the artic- say nothing. The it. article said something about, like how she won the wealthier areas of the city. Right. Which she did. Yeah. And and, it's, and, and I have a lot of respect for Jerry Zremski. I, I think he does a pretty good job usually. But he wrote this article, and he basically set it up to be, make it look like so wealthy people support her. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Being, being above average income in the city of Buffalo means you make more than like $31,000 a year as a household. So like when he's like, well, the wealthy areas of the city, like the Niagara District, where the average income for a household is like $37,000 a year, supported India Walton. <laughs> that's not wealthy. Yeah, the high rollers. The high the high rollers making under 40k in their house. Right. The the you know, you know the the ones that sometimes go to tops instead of save a lot or price right. Yeah, you know what? We're going to Wegmans this week instead of Aldi's, okay? That's those are the big moneyed interests who are supporting India Walden. It's ridiculous. And like you put it in the context like our our, our buddy Rob Galbraith who we really got to have on the show. I should message him yeah, soon. Yeah. We put it into context of like the what the Jacobs is and you know every every other big money shithead who's dropping coin for Byron Brown at the last minute once they uh, you know realize what was up with his race just where the hell do they get their money you know we don't we don't question where these mega millionaires in this in this region get their money from um, the Jacobs family 
obviously having just fucking gobs of money coming from all over the country and the world. But, you know, all of a sudden, well, India Walton wins and it's like, well, here comes the big the big moneyed interest of the socialist mayoral candidate. Well, it's and like, I mean, like the way the article was, was written was like, well, here's the wealthier areas of the city and they voted for her. Therefore, wealthy people support her. There's no like Spalding Lake area of the city. We're like, as far as like a zip code or even like a census district, there's no like just that overly rich area. Like, even the fuckers along like Lincoln Parkway share a census district with people like who are renters. Yeah, I mean there's streets, right? Like you said, like Lincoln Parkway or my favorite one is Oakland Place. Mm-hmm. Where you just like look at some of the houses and your eyes roll back in your head. But there's not it, it's not like a district. You know, it's not like like yeah, you're right, Jim. Like there there are renters. <laughs> there there Buffalo really is one of those places where it's like uh, one street is like some of the craziest houses you could see around. And then like two streets over, it's like just in complete disrepair. Mm-hmm. And I mean, certainly there it's that way across the country, but what's the old saying that you can find everything you want here in Buffalo, only a little bit less of it. I mean, the same thing you can find plenty of rich people here, but there are certainly less of them in the city. You know, you got to go to the suburbs for that. But yeah, there's not, we're not as well healed in the city necessarily. But to say that India Walton like captured the the moneyed interest in Western New York, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. There was an article in Jacobin. Oh, yes. That our boy. Some real reporting. Yeah. Get the, get the Buffalo snooze out. Rusty. Our boy Clap Rust- it up, Russell Weaver. Uh, our boy Rusty wrote, and he talked about, like, yes, the areas that have a higher household uh, income voted for India. So did the lower ones. The ones with higher average educational atten- What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> God damn it. Higher Re- educational attainment? I don't attainment, know. Attainment, yeah, yes. Yeah, right, okay. So, geez, I hope I edit that shit out. <laughs> yeah, uh, Why don't you try again so I can edit it out? Keep it in. <laughs> All right. The, the households with a higher educational attainment and with the lowest level of educational attainment voted for India Walton. It's it, India really was like the clear indicator of what uh, the Democratic Party, as far as like a big tent party, looks like. She won the most diverse areas. She won the top and the bottom areas on the bell curve. You know, she didn't she didn't win the average person as far as like in the bell curve goes, as far as like average financial attainment or educational attainment um, compared to the mayor. Um, she won some. It's not like it's not like just because like somebody was like, well, you know, I got a, an associate's degree, so I would never vote for India Walton. That's not true. You know, that Jacob article really pointed out in, you know, in multiple areas where she did well and and how she was able to build a coalition that won. Yeah. And, and listeners, the article is um, in Jacobin, six takeaways from India Walton's historic victory in Buffalo by Russell Weaver, Rusty, our, our pal. Um, I, I will let you read. I mean, there's a just a, a wealth of great information here. Rusty breaks it down. You know, obviously he provides 
the nerd stuff as I, as I affectionately like to call it, but right. also, also they, they frame it too in takeaways. So some of the, the big takeaways I'm at like, I'm torn between, I want to read this. I, I want to let you people know what the takeaways are, but also want you to read the article, but I'll give you a couple. Um, I'll, I'll cherry pick a couple that I think are interesting, but you should certainly read the article for yourself to see how rusty came to this conclusion. Yeah. You, you should read it because like, because of this, Writing this article, Rusty did not come to my cabin on the 4th of July weekend. He had to write this article. So I don't want his work to die in vain. Yes. So of interest to probably some of our listeners, one takeaway here, Walton won in districts with millennial majorities, but lost in districts where most older residents live, which, I mean, again, that tracks, it really tracks with what we know about one America in 2021, right? You know, two, what you'd imagine would be Western York. I mean, like, yes, younger people are renters, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the class of people that we're talking, younger people on average, like have less and, wealth and, and, and are more open to democratic socialist ideas because they have less wealth. Right. Yeah. Because, because the idea of owning property is as foreign as Finnish to them. They, uh, you know, they, they came out for Brown, uh, the older folks. Again, like you said, Jim, Walton won in well-educated, mixed income, and affluent neighborhoods. There, there There's a lot of, like, again, I, I struggle with this because it's like, on the one hand, the data is super important, and you want to, like, parse it and pick it apart for all it's worth. But also, this is historically low turnout. It's not, it's not historically low turnout. I mean, it's, it's about the same turnout that happened eight years ago. A little less, though. Right? It's about the same. It's about the same? It's, 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 it's about okay. the same that happened eight years ago. Okay. Well, I am I, I guess maybe that's just what turnout is, but it does feel like it was pretty putrid turnout, in large part because, like, Byron Brown didn't mobilize. Again, all credit is due, and, and we talk here week in and week out about India Walton and how much we like her and how much we're rooting for her. The reason that we were a bit pragmatic about her success is we thought that Byron Brown had the institutional tools to get his turnout, to get his voters to come out. As it turns out, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but maybe he just didn't care. It, maybe he just didn't turn that knob. Yeah, he didn't turn that knob because he didn't think he, he needs to, which, again, if you are a person who is invested in India Walton-like campaigns in the future, that's something you have to, like, strategically, you got to look out for... Guys like Byron Brown, who are lazy. This was laziness. I, I think that's the number one reason why India Walton won, is that Byron Brown, frankly, was lazy and did not put in as much work against a candidate that he undervalued as an opponent. I, I would say that I think the main reason why she won is that she really resonated with, with a, a large section of voters. I would say that she was aided by the laziness and the complacency of Byron Brown. Sure. I, she she turned out voters unlike you know unlike four years ago. Schroeder did not turn voters out like she did. She did not. Schroeder did not energize his base or a base, his base or anybody else's base, wherever your dudes are. He did not energize that base the way that India Walton energized her base this year. I mean, and again, we did we did a lot of the recap after the primary, so I don't want to belabor this, but I, I, do. I 
I, well, I think, you know, look, I mean, listen, we press the get mad at the news button and talk about the news button. So I guess this is what we do. And we've, we've been talking about this race at length. My biggest thing, though, is I don't want people who are invested in, again, progressive campaigns or left wing campaigns or whatever to I don't want to use the phrase rest on their laurels. I don't think that's appropriate. But what I really want to get across is that there's an element of tactics and strategy to this and finding like look india walden picked the perfect person to run against and it, it like in part because she identified that he wasn't as well liked that he'd been around forever that people were discontent with him but also the other domino that fell in her favor is that he didn't work very hard and he was so entrenched so there's got to be an element of that like there's got to be a lot of luck doing this stuff jim oh there's always got to be an uh an element of luck but i mean you know what you want to say to insurgent or intersegent uh campaigns who want to work hard who, if, if you're on the leftist side is that take the lesson to take away from this is work like hell don't take anything for granted byron brown took it for granted and he got pantsed work like hell every single time by the way, with my Buffalo accent, I always pronounce it Jacobin. 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 Oh, you know, people. Jack, Jacobin. I, I've had I've had some some listeners. Jacobin. Jacobin. Jaco, Jaco, J- Jacoby. Jacoby's. Jacoby's Pizza. Yep. Uh-huh. I've you know it's weird. Never in my life I've I've never questioned how I pronounce things, but then we had a listener let me know that I say I say the word figure weird. <laughs> Have we talked about this before? Yeah, we, we oh. figure not not figure. On, not uh, not on recording. Yeah. We, oh. we have talked about how you can't say the word figure, figure, yeah. figure, figure. Yeah. Right, but that, but it, Jacobin, 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 Jacobin. Well, regardless, Rusty's in it. Read it. A um, lot of good stuff in that article. Uh, it's a, a good article. There was there was a good article in City and State this week uh, about. The India Walton, and in the City and State article, they linked to the Yakubin article by Rusty. So I would read both. I would go. I would look. I would search out the City and State article, where they're basically like, "How did India Walton pants Byron Brown?" And then they're like, "Well, we we're too stupid to figure this out, but here's a smart person explaining it in this mm-hmm. magazine." Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Give give Rusty uh, his flowers. I've I've been on that phrase lately. <laughs> give it to him. Yeah. Well, you know. And now, I mean, look, the mayor's race is not over. I know a lot of you fine folks who listen to the show and who voted for India Walton are a bit concerned because you're like, well, what happens next? You know, is Byron Brown really going to mount the write-in campaign? Like, you know, the work is not over. I just I just said that Byron Brown got lazy and lost. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you to don't worry about it. You know, when do Walton's got in the bag? However, I think India Walton's got it in the bag. Um, I don't. You don't. No, I, I, I think that this could be very, very close. I, I think that Byron, the mayor is going to be able to mobilize a lot of money. He's got a lot of people who know him. He's got high name recognition. I think that this could be very, very close. But he's not on a ballot. I understand that he's not. That's on a the ballot. problem. Is he's not on? Look, I if if he were if you are on any line, mm-hmm. I would say, all right, buckle up. 
I'm I'm not telling you not to worry, but he's not. He, you literally have to go in and write his name. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you're going to write in Byron Brown, please vote for India Walton. But if you're going to write in Byron Brown, make sure it's Byron Brown the third. Yes, yes. Well, here, but here's the thing: is that like, here's how the write-in works. If somebody writes in Byron, that's all they write is the word Byron. That counts. They write in Brown. That counts. They don't have to write in his full name. They don't know if to know that he's Byron Brown Jr. All they have to do is get close to what he is because he's the only declared candidate who's running on the write-in ballot. So they have to get close to what so you could so that you can conceivably go. They probably mean this person. I would imagine that a court would decide if somebody just wrote BB, just the initials BB on the write-in ballot this year that that would count as a vote for Byron Brown. They make it incredibly easy in New York State to run a write-in campaign. I mean, he's going to spend every cent he has. He is not going to be Tony Masiello or Joel Giamba, who sits there with a couple hundred thousand dollars at the end of his campaign and goes, well, now I get to be a lobbyist. Because... It's this or retire for Byron. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, we talk about how especially strange that he's in this mode now, and yet for however many months before he wasn't doing the fundraising, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. That's old news. But I I will say India Walton is now predictably, predictably, after winning that kind of race, after taking on the political establishment, is like rocketing into a kind of superstar status of her own. She getting getting the bump from Bernie Sanders who recently uh retweeted her and uh actually sent out from his official campaign uh email list to support India Walden. We also had a bump of support from AOC mm-hmm. who tweeted out from her email list and and sent out for her email list and tweeted out, you know, from her uh, Twitter account to support India Walden. I mean, hey, those are the people. Those are the left-wing like well, and, 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 and I expect that as Republicans and mainstream Democrats dump money into the Byron Brown campaign this year, I would be, I don't know, not shocked, but I would be surprised if we don't see a visit from either AOC or Bernie in favor of India mm-hmm. Walton this year. Try to get him on the podcast. Oh, baby. Yeah. So what else are they doing? Yeah, I would they doing? die if I got to talk to Bernie Sanders for like two minutes. <laughs> it would be like the happiest day of my life. Yeah. It, Here in the snake pit. But get, get Uncle Bernie in the snake pit. I'd, I'd go and get the finest pizza and wings at Buffalo Head Off. No, you, you got to make Bernie some brisket. Brisket? Oh, sure. Oh, you got to make him some oh, brisket. Oh, some Bernie brisket. Okay. Bernie oh, brisket. Let me just say okay. how happy I am to be in your snake pit. Uh, is that what you call it, Ryan? They call you snake. I'll call you Ryan. I don't I'm like snake, snake. I'm snake, Mr. Sanders, yes. I'll call you whatever you want, snake. <laughs> yeah, that... Oh, God, that'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, no. So she's really getting the bump from like... The, the, the political rock stars of the mm. left-wing progressive movement. And look, the political figures around here are mostly lining up to support India Walton. Well, they are. My thing is we'll see how much they're lining up to support India Walton when the financials come through and we see who actually gave money and who said, I support India because she won the primary. And by support, I mean, this is the one thing I'll say. 
I didn't. I didn't know uh, Mr. Bill was a political celebrity. Yeah, Mr. Oh, no, Mr., uh, Mr. Bill. Uh, Mr. Bill actually uh, is a at-large common council member. Oh no shit! Oh, okay. It's uh, most people think that the at-large common council member positions were eliminated. Yeah, but uh, Mr. Bill, Mr. Bill, Mr. Bill, don't sit on him. Don't sleep on him. Yeah, no. Look, I I agree with you, Jim. Although the corollary to that is, look, man, fine. You can offer your tepid support and you can hope and pray. And, you know, you're like, well, Byron Brown, will figure something out. And if he doesn't and you have an India Walton as a mayor of Buffalo and you have now a burgeoning base of progressives, watch out. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you better hope this works out for you if you don't really if you're a democratic politician in western new york who is not throwing your full fucking support behind indy walton now and she wins that election god help you yeah and i mean look if i was our friend mitch nowakowski whose district was very close in that race like there were certain parts of the district that india won stronger and other parts that that byron won I'd be giving donations to both sides. I'd go to each of their $50 dinners. I wouldn't be giving $1,000 to either side, but I I would make myself known to both sides. If I was David Rivera, where India won like four to one, I'd be like, it'd be like Fliff Knight, Fliff, Fliff, (laughs) Fliff, 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 like a sultan just throwing dollars at her because the last thing I want is somebody from her very organized base to run a primary against me. If he's not doing that, all that says to me is that he's planning on retiring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like, you want your guy uh, supported by Carl Palladino and, like, the wor- not even, like, the best of the Republican Party, like the dregs, okay? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you're getting because Byron Brown is on the island. And, look, he's on the island in no small part because he was lazy. Like, that's a sign of incompetence. Mm-hmm. Like, look, even if you're not especially uh, fond of India Walton's brand of politics, shall we say, or you don't consider yourself a socialist or a progressive, or, you know, you're just some, maybe you're in the middle, maybe you're even right wing, but you're like, man, I can't rely on Byron Brown to be competent anymore. Again, if it were me, if I was the political Svengali behind this, I might think, well, all right, we're going to have India Walton for four years. Byron Brown it's a lottery ticket to me at this point, you know, if he organizes his writing campaign, how about I just spend four years attacking Indy Walton socialism and the crime rate in the city of Buffalo? Well, I mean, I mean, I think of like, I mentioned this a lot on the pod. I think about like my parents as like political bellwether sometimes. And my father was like, well, I didn't think Byron's done a bad job with the city, which, you know, he's a white guy living in the suburbs. So his opinion's going to be, I like going to Larkin square. Seems like it's a better place to go. I didn't think Byron did a bad job in the city. I don't know that I like India Walton all that much, but didn't seem like Byron really wanted to be mayor anymore. My bellwether is Randy Kozlowski from Sloan. Oh, yeah. And what did Randy have to say about this? Well, oh, he, he's just as confused as ever. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, I remember last week when he was calling into Delilah. Yeah. Remember uh, that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So speaking of socialists oh. and how they want to ruin America. Oh. Your boy, Woke Hoke. Woke Hoke. Woke Hoke. Woke Hoke. Randy. Randy. Randy, you beautiful bastard. We know you're listening. 
And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I guess Stefan, no longer my bae, no longer my crush. I, I'm over him. Get out. Get the fuck out, Stefan. He, Stefan did one of the worst looking MS paint pieces I've ever seen in my entire life where like he like poorly like cropped like Randy Hogan behind India Walton on like a red and yellow maller. Uh, 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 like how like, like his McCarthyism red scare for the town of Hamburg. I I can't imagine knowing the average like educational attainment and the like the level of education that you get in the Hamburg public schools that this shit will work. He like Stefan's disdain for the average person in the town of Hamburg and what he thinks of them is so low. I mean, he thinks they are so fucking stupid. He really treats them like dog shit. And he thinks, well, this will work because they're going to be afraid of socialist, communist, defund the police, radical Randy Hoke. I mean, look, I, I don't think you're right. It is an insult to the fine people of Hamburg and, uh, you know, and, and to the don't they have a fair out there? The, the Hamburg County. Am I thinking of the Erie County Fair? It's in Hamburg, right? That's where it is. Yeah. Okay. I just want to. I, it's one of those. Like, you know how you have know, it. They have it at the Hamburg Fairgrounds. You know how you know how you else. know something. You know how you know something and you say it out loud and you're like, is that wrong? I had one of those moments where I've literally been to the fair. I mean, it's been a while because it mostly kind of sucks. But I was going to say the fine people of Hamburg and the county fair that they run. How stupid do you think they are? You're right, Jim. That yes, that is an insult to them. But also, maybe it could sort of work against somebody not named Hoke. Like, come on, like the the, the Hoke family. I, again, talk about political dynasties. Get mad about it. I don't care. All right, we're talking about our boy Randy here. Okay, he's our dude. We like you, Randy. And to pull that against somebody who's that entrenched politically in in Hamburg is just like. I don't know. It's like going, it's like going to Massachusetts and saying like, "Oh, shitting on a Kennedy," which <laughs> recently did work in, in yeah. Massachusetts. Yeah, by the way, kind of works now. Kind of works now. But if you'd have done it thirty years ago, it's like going to Utah and shitting on a Romney. Oh, sure. Yes. There you go. Right. Yeah, all right. I mean, but, but the other thing is like this particular hoke is like smart and charismatic. He's a good dude. So like, if you're going to run the like red scare campaign like you're gonna you're gonna bring it back from 70 years ago and run the red scare campaign you have to be the more charismatic person in the campaign stefan isn't the more charismatic person in the campaign unless his opponent is a bag of salted peanuts that you got for sale from like the dollar general i, I disagree a little that you have to be maybe in 2021 you have to be more charismatic historically you know whatever Richard Nixon didn't didn't do his thing by being charismatic, but he did do it by being very strategic and he picked his spots and he would make people twist in the wind. The problem for Stefan is that if you're trying the the woke hoke thing and, you know, he believes in critical race theory, like you've got no way to pin him up against the wall and make him squirm. You know, Stefan doesn't have that command where anybody, like he doesn't, one, he doesn't have an office where he could put Randy Hoke on trial and say like, how, what do you believe about critical race theory? Two, like nobody gives a shit about what Stefan has to say. 
about this stuff. You know, I, think, I mean, you and I do. Well, yeah, because we get mad about the news, right, man? Because our job is is to get infuriated by what stuff on Mahalu says. And, and to want to go to, like, the Macedonian festival that he was at this past weekend and yell at him like I, I wanted to. I was driving through Hamburg, and I knew he was at this festival on Lake Avenue. And I was like, maybe I should drive over there and yell at him. Well, I didn't because, you know what? I'm kind of lazy. That's why. It's not that, I'm, it's not that I'm a better person. It's actually that I, I didn't want to drive, like, yeah, 10 minutes Yeah, you had better things way. to do. Okay. I, I, was, right. I was going somewhere else. Plus, I mean, like... Why, you know, why would you go out of your way? To, well, you know? yeah. If it was on my way. Right. If, it was, in, I if it was on my way, I would definitely yell at him. Like if I was already going to the Macedonian festival. If I was at the Macedonian, it's actually kind of fun. Yeah. No, um, it's, it's a great time. It's a great time. No, come on, man. Like. Stefan, this is weak sauce. You know, again, like, you're like one of those copies. You know how in your old social studies class where your teacher gave you, like, a copy of a copy of a copy, and it was, like, faded and shitty, and you're like, okay, I can barely read this about, you know, the Korean War. Like, what? (laughs) I don't know. The DM... Jay, I, I don't know what that letter is. What? That's what Stefan's campaign is about. Like basically, like every Donald Trump or every right wing shithead. Like it's just like, how can I make this a pale imitation of a, an actual conservative campaign? But it, he doesn't even have like normally would he would have the big dog Chris Grant running his campaign, <laughs> but he doesn't even have big dog anymore. So he's doing it himself on like MS Paint or whoever's doing it is doing a terrible job and. It, like when I saw that piece that that's clearly done on MS Paint, right, Ryan? You saw this piece. Oh right? yes, and I'm an MS Paint expert, right? And, and I think I'm very good at it compared to this person. Uh, compared to this person, you're a goddamn Leonardo uh, da, da Vinci. Well, thank you. <laughs> or DiCaprio. Well, that too. Thank you. Or that's or good. the Ninja Turtle. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. All, all three. Uh, I'm I'm flattered. You, you do like pizza? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Right, yeah. I mean, this piece was just. I I actually had to take to Twitter and be like. Clearly, you are raising no money because this is the shittiest piece I've ever seen in my entire life. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the episode, I have saved like every political piece that I've ever gotten over like the last like twenty years. And Jim also went to Bonaventure. <laughs> yeah, that too. Don't forget. Yeah, don't forget that I went to Bonaventure. I save all these pieces, and this is easily the least piece of or worst piece I've ever seen. It's the it's the weakest sauce I've ever seen. I just wanted to remind the listeners of stuff they may have forgotten. Yes, Jim saves the political mailers, but no, yeah, and and it's good. We love to to look at them from time to time. Um, I haven't seen this myself, so I can't comment. But I we we talked about here on the show a couple weeks ago that like pretty much all of Stefan's people have abandoned him, and mm-hmm. you know if if they have like shitty MS Paint political mailers out now that that's pretty much an affirmation of that so again like i think he's just gonna get laughed out of the room come november i I, even again like it's weird because like a lot of people just don't i don't want to say don't care but that how partisan politics has become in 2021 like it doesn't really jive with how people actually live their lives or how they think but it's just the kind of conditions that they have been dealt with if you put somebody on the spot in hamburg they might say you know they might like people have weird political views that are kind of all over the map but i think they could probably universally tell you that stefan's a clown you know like that that's to me at the end of the day much like with Donald Trump, to be honest with you, who, who did come close to winning the presidential election, but still he lost because he's a clown who 
showed that he couldn't really handle doing the job that you know he was elected to do. Stefan Mahailu on a much more micro level, of course, but he's still a fucking clown who can't do his job that he's currently elected to. And now you're coming to Hamburg and you're like, well, I want to run your town. And it's just like, no, <laughs> if I lived in Hamburg, I might not even be a Democrat, but I see fucking Stefan Mihaly wants to run where I live. And I'm like, I don't want you anywhere near the levers of power in my city. Yeah. I mean, I don't want Stefan anywhere near like the levers of power inside my like fuse box let alone, like, running my town. He's a joke. I, I, I got to show you this piece, Ree. Oh, let me see it. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Brutal. Brutal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is, this is pretty. You could even tell, like, they altered the color on both of them. Right. I, I mean, like, I ran for vice president my senior year of high school. And my maler, my piece that I did that I hung up in the school with like the like bad Photoshop and MS Paint was much better produced than this. That's when MS Paint was cutting edge, man. Good yeah. job, good job, Stefan. You know you've. I'm tired of talking about Stefan. Yeah, I'm 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 yeah. over him. I don't, I don't even think he's attractive anymore. No, he's definitely not. I, you know I'm he's just a dumpy motherfucker. I've moved on. Okay, I I moved on, and even in that piece where they tried to make Randy Hoke like. You know, look shitty. He looks good. He's a good. I like the cut of his jib. He's got a good jib. All right. That's that's the Hamburg Town Supervisors that's, that's, race. That's that's where we're at with the Hamburg Town Supervisor. We would love to count, cover the county controller race if either Kevin Hardwick or Lynn Dixon ever did anything. <laughs> the, the the two most boring people to ever run against each other. Uh, I I know that I I do know from being a Democrat on Facebook that Hardwick is having a Beef on Hardwick. Uh, oh, Beef on Hardwick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fundraiser. Mm. So at least he's out there trying to raise money. Uh, yeah. Good Good for him letting Jeremy Zellner run his campaign. Let <laughs> God help Jeremy Zellner if uh, they lose that one, by the way. I'm just saying, I, I you know, I wouldn't let him run. Um, I can't even think of something trivia, trivial that I wouldn't let him run, but I, I wouldn't let him run it. You know what I wouldn't let him run? What's that, Jim? The naked bike ride with me. Oh, I... <laughs> Wow. I would not let him run the naked bike ride. The the people who did run the naked bike ride, so I wasn't there. I was out of town, but my girlfriend went and a yeah, bunch you, of You were naked elsewhere. I was naked elsewhere right. and a bunch of my friends went and everybody who participated in the naked bike ride this year said it was very well organized. It was, you know, like a huge turnout. I think it's pretty cool. A lot of sunburn. A lot of sunburn, a lot of sunburn. Yeah, I don't want to be like one of those keep Buffalo weird type of people or keep Buffalo secret, I guess. But, uh, I, you know, if you're if you're riding the naked bike ride, you don't really care about secrets anymore. No. Right. You're just letting it all, it's all hang out, out there. Yeah. Just letting it all hang out there. I think it's cool. I think shit like that is is uh, a cool cultural flair. Mm -hmm. And I guess the uh, there was an after party to it too. It sounded like it was pretty lit. Yeah, the after party sounded like it was a pretty good time. Good, good for the uh, the naked bike ride people. But in local events that didn't turn out so good, uh, the uh, the old taste of we're we're in the uh, the culture section. By the way, guys, oh, we've we we've moved away from the front page and now we're in the culture section. So we're talking about things the, around the city. The taste of the naked bike ride. The taste of the naked bike ride. Mm -hmm. Taste of Buffalo. Oh, got rained out, Jim. Well. Well, the one day was good, right? Yeah, the one day was fine, and 
at, and as fine as it can be because it's the worst festival in the city. <laughs> you know it's yeah. Bad. It was it wasn't too great. It's it's terrible. It's whatever. Fine. I'm sure some people enjoyed it. There are people who go every year to that fucking thing. Yeah, yeah and I, I know. It's, yeah, they're called restaurant workers, and they're making eight twenty dollars, <laughs> eight twenty an hour. I, I wish there was a way to have something like that not suck. And I don't know how to do it. If I did, well, what about beer? What about booze? Well, they I, they did they do the booze thing at yeah. the the stadium, the the Bison's Park. Or they used oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, no, they and our, and they did it at the arena before too. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I got real drunk one year. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, would booze make the taste of Buffalo better? Oh, I think it would. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it makes a lot of things better. Sure, <laughs> right. Cer- certainly the uh, taste of Buffalo. Speaking of booze, however, gentlemen. Oh, yes. we have a we have a little uh, little Buffalo Twitter brouhaha. Oh, what's this all about? We, what's, yeah, what's this? Brouhaha. Twitter brouhaha. I couldn't get an internet connection for a week. We have a little the square brouhaha about this. That's right. Oh, oh. We've got a difference of opinion inside the snake pit. Yes, yes, we have. So the topic at hand, gentlemen, is. The new poor tap room, which is uh, wh- oh god, what was the uh, the bar? Was it matinee? Uh, it was one of those uh, bars Some, around something like that on Pearl. Um, yeah, Pearl, uh, right around Shays, right. Encore, encore, encore. Not matinee. I think I hope matinee is still around. That's the one right by Shays. That that bar's pretty cool, mm. but I think it was encore over there, and. Listener, if you're not familiar with uh, with this new establishment, so it's called Poor Tap Room. There's a couple articles about it in the Buffalo News, I think, at least one. Um, the whole shtick with this place, though, is that it's a self-service bar. So you go in, you walk in, and, and if it's, again, if it's anything like um, any of the other places like this I've been to, I've only been to one in Denver, which is pretty cool. But if it's anything like that, you go in and you like pay a certain amount um like the place i went to in denver you you paid like uh, they gave you like a, a card and so you you tied it tied your credit card to this like hotel key card and then you went up to each individual tap and they charged you per ounce so you actually served yourself and it was like you know 40 cents an ounce for a drink or something with a maximum limit of $35 I, again, we live in Buffalo. I don't know if uh, any owner of a bar in Buffalo will have a maximum amount that you could spend. I'm curious to see how that works out. But, uh, yeah, you went in, you got your beers, and you tried a bunch of different ones, and then that was that. But, Jim, you think it sucks. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's garbage. I mean, this is just another attempt to eliminate, like, part of the working class. And, and automating away, yeah. Look, I mean, look, a lot of the reason why I like going to bars is shooting the shit with bartenders and learning from them and getting a good drink from them. And so, yeah, sure, sometimes I'm just going to order a fucking draft beer or a cider or a bottle of beer. But a lot of times I like to like cocktails. So a place like this where they're not going to serve cocktails because they're serving cider, wine, and beer by the ounce automatically has a demerit as far as I'm concerned. Sometimes I like to go and let bartenders talk down to me and tell me off. I hear you. It's part of the experience. I hear you. You know, and, and, and you know me. I'm always, I'm always down for the cause. I'm always ready to, you know, take up arms for the revolution. But, but in this specific case, I think of it more as like a curiosity as opposed to like 
the wave of the future because why do people like going to bars? They like being around people, including the bartender. Okay. You, you go to bars to mingle to, you know, the experience of ordering drinks and popping up to the bar and, you know, hoping that the bartender notices you and, you know, that those are the, the rich moments where you strike up conversations or like, Oh, let me buy so-and-so who's next to me a drink at the bar. All of that is part of the ritual. This is like, just like a, a curiosity. It's like a, it's like well, a fun thing. You got thing. things like this. You got like ghost kitchens, like Guy Fieri's promoting. Right. Where, where, where it's just like, you never know who's making your food. You don't interact with anyone and you just get your food. You interact with an app. I think it adds to the further alienation. That right. Or it, feels it, in like, society. I, I remember like when supermarkets first started having like self checkout. Yeah. That was a curiosity. I was like, Oh, isn't that weird that you can go check yourself out? And now, good luck finding a fucking cashier when you go to a, a, a supermarket half the time, because they just want you to use a self checkout now. Well, now, now I'll, I'll tell you this: I am actually some. I'm very principled about this, and you can you can ask my girlfriend. I do not go to the self checkouts because those people, the, the people who work at the supermarkets, have jobs, yeah. and I don't believe in the self checkouts. This right. is a different thing to me. Yeah, okay? it's it's self checkout for alcohol. No, no, because I don't think bars are going away. Like I don't think there's going to be a financial incentive to. Uh, have, I don't think bars are going away. I don't think supermarkets are going away. I think bartenders are going away. I don't think bartenders are going away. I, I just don't think there's going to be a financial incentive to have. You can't. Every bar you go to can't be like that. I don't think that's the wave of the future. It's just so weird to me. It gives me a weird feeling not to have a bartender there. I, I I said something on Twitter. It was like getting froyo. It's um, like going to the cafeteria. I don't I don't think it's going to even remotely replace the the bar experience. It's just going to be like a thing that like oh okay. In fact, it might help the. To be honest with you, it might help the bars. And you might be thinking, oh, this is classic. You know, oh here's this thing that seemingly is against what I believe in. Oh, but it's going to help. Well, here's why. Because if somebody fucking i don't know like living in in getsville or something it's like oh there's this new poor tap room and they go in and have a, a beer well then it's like well okay that was cool now where are we going to and, and to me that's what places like this are they're like hey there's your little foot in the door and now you can see what real you know go see real bars in the city once you're down there you're not going to spend a night of drinking at poor tap room. no uh, you're, you're going to spend a night drinking there and then you're going to be like where's my robot bartender somewhere else I, I I don't want after your seven beers or whatever your thirty five dollars worth if of your thirty five dollars worth of, al- of ounces of alcohol mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna be like no I, I this was such a great experience where I didn't have to talk to anybody and tip them you'll never see snake there I mean that's that's, that's what it is it's, it's it's eliminating wages for workers fuck come on man I, I sure I guess but like what I'm saying is it's not gonna become to me and. and Hey, clip me now. Maybe I'll I'll be wrong and be like, "Hey, idiot, dumbass, this is what happened." But I truly don't think it's not. Like, I don't think it's going to be the industry standard. I don't think bar owners are going to look at this and be like, "Oh, well, we're going to have the the poor tap room model for every bar." I just don't think it's going to be viable. I think you can have one of these in a city, and I think you have to have bars and bars. I just don't foresee that going away. So I think it's fine. I think it's. I think your concerns are a little bit overblown, gentlemen. Even though I, I am simpatico with your beliefs. All right. But that is that is the squares controversy of the week. Yeah, we're we're uh, phasing away from 
you know, some of the political stuff. We're going to introduce a little controversy, uh, embrace debate, the, the ESPN model, Jim. Right, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're going around the horn with uh, Snake Kellerman. Oh, yeah. I, 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 Buffalo, I will be your Skip Bayless. I will, I will give the most provocative and oh, stupid no. takes, and I will get behind them, and I'll be, I'll be earnest about them. I, I guess I'll be your Bill Plaschke. I won't write in full sentences, and I'll expect a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> yes, yes. We're going around the horn here at the square, boys. Uh, speaking of sports. Oh, yes, the wide world of sports. Speaking of the wild world of sports and uh, the, the, the woolly war world of baseball, big baseball news locally this week. Big, big news. Big news. Uh, local kid Joe Mack out of Williamsville was drafted in the first round by the Miami Marlins. Hey, what position does he play? He's a catcher. Not oh, bad. Not bad. He he gets a up close view of when Shohei Atani knocks him out of the park. Yeah, his brother, who's a couple years older than him, was drafted in I think the sixth round by I think the Astros. Um, but yeah, he was a first round pick by the uh, the Miami Marlins, uh, right out of high school, out of Williamsville East. Damn. Good luck to him. Yep. Yeah, good luck to him. I, I know. I know the baseball draft is a lot weirder, and that like he might not play for them for like ever. But he was invited to be at the draft live. That's pretty cool. Uh, so that like when the Marlins drafted him, like he was in the stands and came up and like got a number one jersey and like hugged the GM and all that shit. That's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. good for him. Yeah, um, he'll never make it. No. A lot of them don't in baseball, unfortunately. Right. It's, it's kind of how it goes. Guys, what are we um, What are we feeling? I know we've talked before about the the gray blobs, the gray and beige blobs that are overtaking our city. Oh, boy. But we have a new one, okay? Mm-hmm. We have uh, 1585 Hurdle, mm-hmm. all right? And why are we talking about 1585 Hurdle? Well, it's simple. It's uh, It's another one of those blobs. Okay, it's another one of those. Uh, I I thought it was a sign of revitalization. Well, Jim, again, we're embracing debate. I call it a blob. You call it a sign of revitalization. Yeah, it's it's another one of these uh, fucking. I don't even know. There's probably some good technical term. I just I don't know, like khaki looking garbage that that's popped up, or like they're they're usually gray or beige or. They don't have any identity. They don't have any appeal. I would say they look like a car dealership, but even that has a little bit more uh, uh, sexiness to me. It's just a nothing. It's amazing how these things can be built in these urban areas and just be a complete, like they suck out the light Mm -hmm. (laughs) of of an area. Um, It's, what are they replacing? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to pull up the Buffalo News article now on it. The, The ridiculous Buffalo News article where they were like, you know, falling all over themselves to say how exciting it was, right? To have uh, to have a new building on Hurdle, a new building on Hurdle. Mm. Hur- Hurdle, it's not my favorite place in the city. It's not my favorite bar district, certainly, but it does have its charms. I like Hurdle. I like the that it has a, a character. And now you you can debate what kind of character that is. It used to be better. I think you. I think you could certainly make that case. I would not disagree with you. But yeah, it's like I mean, I don't think I don't know how anything could be better than current empty pockets. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's also not up for debate. But yeah, look, I just that that is the one that scares me more than the uh, the poor tap room. Is that that's going to be the thing? This just gross multi-story 
characterless building model um, over on Hurdle and Parkside. And, and, like, I feel like that is going to be the thing that really sucks the life out of out of the city. Oh, it used to be a parking lot, right? That corner, and they're building in the whatever. Yeah, it used there. to be a it used to be a surface lot, right? right. right. So. The new, this is from the Buffalo News, 1585 Hurdle's arrival adds to neighborhoods revival. The new $7 million five-story building at Hurdle and Parkside overcame its its share of challenges on the way to becoming a reality. Oh, the, all those challenges. What's, wow, oh. such a feat. I, it's, I, 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 I'm glad that Hurdle's being revitalized. That neighborhood that was so trash for such a long time. I know. It was so down and out. And nobody wanted to live there. Ugh. Hardly any businesses or bars or restaurants were open yeah, around just, there. Just a wasteland. Right. right. It was. It was. Well, you don't know how, how hard it was. Uh, from the article, an environmental cleanup that proved more extensive than expected. A pandemic that upended the economy, cost the project a couple of retail tenants, and forced renters to wait to move into their apartments. But the husband and wife development team of John and Ruth Ann Daly persevered. The residential and retail... Wait, wait, John Daly? Holy shit! (laughs) I've totally changed my viewpoint on it now. Now that I know that John Daly is involved with this. You think you'd have a lot more color. It was with John Daly. <laughs> right, right. It's, it loves a long ball. Yes, yes. John and Ruth Ann, they persevered. The residential and retail project erased the eyesore of a former gas station while contributing to Hurdle Avenue's ongoing renewal. And this fucking bullshit is less of an eyesore. Who wrote, who's fucking wrote this? Did they put in? Oh, Matt Glynn, news business reporter. Matt, did, do you think that shit like this is less of an eyesore? I know you probably get paid peanuts, you know, to write this nonsense, but like, come on, man, don't it get, get out of here with your little J school degree and you're writing flowery language. Like you don't have to, you don't have to do this. This it, is an insult to my intelligence. It doesn't have a J school degree. Come well, on. I, I don't know. I'm, the, I'm giving the, 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 doubt. the Buffalo news does not pay well enough to hire people with J school degrees. Sure. Those people are going to the, the, the Utica times Herald. <laughs> Uh, the building at 1585 Hurdle consists of 34 apartments, 29 of which are leased. On the first floor, two of the three storefronts are taken, and the dailies have a letter of intent for the third space. Quote, we accomplished what we set out to do, transforming an environmental liability into a community asset, said Ruth Ann Daly. Oh, I love to transform an environmental, environmental liability into a community asset. Uh, that's exactly what they they plan, they plan to do. An asset for a community asset, Jim. Mm. A community, an mm. asset for the community, and well, maybe my bank, their bank accounts too. Who knows? Well, I mean, their bank accounts are part of the community. Uh, that's true. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Their uh, bank accounts are often seen at Shoshone Park, going up and down the slides. Yeah. The article continues. Joanne Steinmetz of the North Buffalo organization said 1585 hurdle quote catalyzes, but also fits in with the revitalization of hurdle. I love to catalyze, but also fit in with the revitalization of hurdle. Joanne, um, this is me editorializing back to Joanne's quote. The timing of this couldn't be better because it's a great way to end the pandemic and re-energize everything. End quote. Oh, well, you heard it here first, folks. We are ending the pandemic with shitty buildings on Hurdle. John Daly says it's over. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we we love the long ball. 
We love the long ball. Steinmetz said she, and, and we're reading all this. Well, how many more paragraphs are this kind of boring? I don't know. It's just, it, okay, I'm going to read this next paragraph because I think it's kind of funny. Steinmetz said she thinks an appreciation for the local shops and restaurants has helped drive the neighborhood's renewal. Quote, I think young families are making the investment here because they value our sense of community. End quote, she said. Um, uh, this is of interest now. Now, here we go. Here's a little bit of meat for you. The 1585 Hurdle Project was supported by a $500,000 grant from the state's Better Buffalo Fund. Hmm. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul said the funds went to good use, supporting a project that eliminated, quote, a real blight on this community, end quote, in the form of a former gas station. Um, oh, and Kathy. All right. Quote from Kathy Hochul here. Every single neighborhood has to be brought back to its former glory, Hochul said at a Thursday ribbon cutting for 1585 Hurdle. And Hurdle Avenue is one of those streets that used to shine a little bit more. It took a turn for a worse Okay, over a number of years. And now people have decided that this is a community worth fighting for and worth saving. And I'm I'm done at reading this trash. I mean I mean like I guess like if my choice was between like one of these garbage beige buildings and an abandoned gas station, where's my cyanide pill? (laughs) My God. I'm just I mean, no, I, I I guess I'd probably take the beige building over the abandoned gas station. Well, I wouldn't spend $500,000 and talk about how it's revitalizing the neighborhood. I would take the gas station. And the reason I would take the gas station is, well, yes, that gas station on that corner was a blight. But also, like, it's it's less of a pain in the ass to get rid of. This fucking beige garbage is going to be there forever, dude. It ain't going no, away. It, no, no. It, did, didn't you see Surfside? Those things only last for, like, 30 years now. And then, then they fall down. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm... You get enough of the, the salt from the road, and right? Yeah, sure. I mean, that, that's that's most of my adult life uh, going forward. So awesome! Yeah, I can't wait to have another thirty years of fucking just whatever the hell, whatever whatever the hell we're, community asset we're revitalizing. Oh, Lloyd's Tackle will move in, and you'll be you'll you'll be all about it, right? Yeah, I, I do like me. I do like me. I, I have uh, conveniently erased the controversy of Lloyd's Taco in my mind. So I <laughs> never happened. What? What? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Uh, well, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, it's fucking. I don't know. It, I, it's more about like, yeah, you get this garbage development that looks like shit and means nothing to the community mm-hmm. that you ultimately have the Buffalo news just falling all over its fucking self to talk about like how this is just transformational. So it, it's six a, years from now when we have no bartenders in the city, we will be living in that building. Yes. Yes. And I'll be paying like my $3,000 a month rent to, <laughs> for the privilege. Um, Ryan snake. Yes. Oh, snake. What do we got? Reem? Oh, well, well, well it's uh it's about that time ryan you know we're we're winding we're we're deep into the culture and art section yeah yeah well, well help we want to start a new thing there's not a much not a lot to talk about because there haven't well we had a pandemic and we had a lot what? there was well, i thought we ended it come to find out with that building there weren't a lot of get-togethers let alone concerts but i want to start a new segment called concert watch mm-hmm. where we so to emphasize our cultural and you know music roots I suppose in this podcast, did we pick like a best of music venue, right? Yeah. We went down that route. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm going to say that we have roots, okay? Uh, coming up, we've got we've got a few good ones for you. And, um, you know, if I miss any, please yell at me on social media. 
this is an interactive podcast. Get us on Twitter if I missed anything or or or, or, or you think uh, anything I said sucked. Mohawk Place. We had an episode with Marty Borden from no- Mohawk Place. Um, they're starting to have shows again. I, I I think I'll be going to Hop Along. Hop Along is a good act at nine sixteen. Babeville. There are a couple. I, there are a lot of good acts coming. The two that stick out to me: Big Thief on nine twenty seven and Real Estate on eleven three. Oh, that Real Estate show I'm hyped for. Yeah, yeah. Town Ballroom. Again, a lot of good shows coming up. You can look on their site. I'm not going to repeat every goddamn thing they have. But uh, Pine Grove, we're fans of Pine Grove on this podcast. Yep. Ten thirteen, oh, yeah. they'll be coming down. Now, Jim and I went to a Pine Grove show. Uh, where's that? Where's Rec- that venue on Rec Room? Rec Room. We were the oldest people there. I was the oldest person there. Well, I wasn't too far behind you. Yeah, you I mean, you were like <laughs> like a full generation behind me. Yeah, uh, but what? not a, not a full generation. But everybody else was like three generations below me. Like I, I felt like I was going to explain how the Victrola worked to everybody there. There, there was a booth at the very end of the venue, and all the nice young folks stayed away from it. They said that that's for these old people here. We're going to leave it to them. Right. They, they gave us, us plenty of room for our walkers. Yeah. <laughs> and our, yeah. And our, and our beers with the straws. In it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big fan of driving out to Rochester, but Anthology has some good things coming up. Uh, Japanese Breakfast on 8-3. And Between the Berry to Me, some, some metalcore, some progressive stuff. Nice. I'm a big fan of theirs. Yeah. Eight, on 8-14, if, you're, if you want to take the trek out there. And then... Um, uh, Square Podcast favorite, Goo Goo Dolls, coming to Key Bank Center in 2022. It was announced recently. Nice. I saw I saw that that they're gonna uh, nice little indie act. Uh, yeah, at, at a small venue. They're gonna end their their 2022 concert tour in Buffalo. Sounds great. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to to be back at places but certainly back at live music god i miss it so much i dude i would love to just talk about live music at the show as opposed to a lot of like the garbage politics stuff but you know uh i mean i can enjoy that in my personal life i'm I'm looking for uh i might be going to uh next week uh uh on the 16th of july yeah at knox farm Oh, our friends, the Buffalo Bluegrass All Stars. Yeah, that's right. Are playing. Yeah, don't Sally. sleep. Don't sleep on the festivals. Okay. Don't sleep on the festivals. Yeah, Sally and the Buffalo Bluegrass All Stars are playing at Knox uh, State Knox State Farm. Yeah, Knox Farm State Park. Yeah, that's right. What it is. All, all, all that stuff. Yeah, whatever, whatever, however you say it, uh, whatever order you put those words in. Yeah. Um, and it's like twenty bucks, and it's uh, it's coming up this Saturday, uh, so. Uh, check it out. Seems like it would be a good time. Well, you know, we, we do we do like to support uh, good live music, especially local music. But, but, I've got some bad news, guys. If, mm. if, oh, if, no. Um, you know, Reed, if you're not, what's the If you're not aware, uh, on the topic of music, if you're not aware of some of the programming changes in Buffalo Radio, I'm so sorry I have to break the news like this to you after Ryan just gave you a rundown of some great concerts because 1077 uh you know from, oh, have they announced the new kerfluffle uh, Jim I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry oh. um there's no more um <sighs> there's no more kerfluffle it might be a line dance though uh, so watch out for oh, that uh, uh you know I mean I love me some boot scoot and boogie that's right man you know so 1077 I forget what it 
was as of late. I, I will always remember it as 107.7 The Lake. That was... Uh, well, the, Alternative Buffalo was, was his most recent iteration before. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So now it has become 107.7 The Wolf. Uh, uh, yet another... Oh. Con- <laughs> By, by the way, Jim will be leaving the Square podcast to be the Wolf Voice, right? Yeah, that's on 107 the Wolf, right? Yeah, that's uh, it's gonna be me and Saint Francis. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a bummer. You get another. So if hey, if one hundred six five isn't playing, I don't know who's even Dirk Bentley, and I, I, I just I, I think all new country acts are, are named Luke. I just figure if I say Luke hey, that's Holmes. that's Luke. Then mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be at least fifty percent right. Right, yeah, uh, Luke Bryan. Yeah. Oh yeah, him too. Yeah, all kinds of Lukes. Let me yeah. tell you, there are so many Lukes. Yeah. I mean, look, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater on country music. I know there's a lot of people, maybe some who listen to this podcast, are like, it's "Fine." I only I the only thing I don't listen to are, are rap and country, and it's like, well, okay, congratulations, you've alienated yourself from like fifty percent of mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. Good job. There's some good country. Yeah. There's some good country. Right. You know, it's out there. But a lot of the shit you get on like 106.5. Orville Peck. Or Orville, I mean, sure, you get like your indie country, but even like some of the mainstream country stuff isn't bad. But the problem is it's just become like a sound. Like you're better off, honestly, you're you're better off hearing like um, good, enjoyable country stuff that ends up on the pop stations. You know, like Casey Musgraves, longtime country artist, has sort of pivoted. Taylor Swift. Yeah, Taylor Swift. You know, it's it's like the country stations have just become like pale, broy party imitations, yeah. primarily cater- catering to a white audience. Right. Um, I mean, that's why. Like, I like uh, WXRL uh, and the AM stations coming oh. out, uh, out of Lancaster. Not familiar. Uh, they play like old school, like sixties, seventies, and early eighties country. Oh, that's good shit. I liked 107.7 when it was The Lake. I liked it a lot when it was Alternative Buffalo. I'm going to miss the Kerfruffle shows. Yeah. I used to go to those all the time. They were great. Mm-hmm. They put got, on a I good show. I got poisoning at one of them. It was great. They had great local DJs. They shit-canned them all a few months back. They and did. They threw the baby out with the bathwater, which is one of my favorite phrases, but they did. Um, they, they, they outsourced all that shit to New York City or whatever the fuck. And now they're doing The Wolf. Do you think The Wolf will play Old Town Road? No, no, no! I mm. don't think the wolf will play Old Town Road. Well, fuck him. I, no. I, th- I think it'll play uh, Friends in Low Places, though. Uh, boy. Well, I mean, and and don't hate on Garth Brooks. Whatever you do on this podcast, Jim, that'd be the day you regret. Did did I hate on Garth Brooks? I just said it would play Friends in Low Places. That's true. They will. They will probably yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, but no, look, the country music discussion aside. Now, Chris Gaines, I might hate on. Uh, oh well, even bigger mistake. But. Um, like the country music <laughs> philosophical discussion aside, it, it's like, man, we are losing our outlets on the radio. And maybe the radio is just an outmoded form of, you know, media at this point. I won't fight you on that, but um, it just sucks. I don't know. It's a little bit of mourning. Pour one out. What's a radio station you'd get like weird indie type music? You know, you got to like, you got to go to one or two one you got to get the canadian stations now right you gotta, you, or uh you know when the kids are in school 91.3 yeah yeah 91.3 is good um no i i, I don't know I, I just feel like this is just it's just gonna be shit it's just gonna be like awful corporate shit which is really the most depressing part about yeah i when i feel like like the writing was on the wall when they fired all the local djs from the alternative station was that they were like, 
we're just going to go whatever way we can to maximize profits as much as possible. And it was like, well, we can just, you know, mindlessly play the same, like, Toby Keith and, and Luke Bryan songs over and over again. Sure. Yeah. And I just... I, I Not I, even Joe Diffie, because, I mean, listen, I like me some Joe Diffie or some Alan Jackson. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So... Hey, hate to end the music section on a downer because there's a lot of good acts coming here. Unfortunately, you probably won't have too many outlets to listen to them on the radio in Buffalo. So, that being said, go out and support the live music. And listen to The Square. Well, yeah. it goes without saying. For your most insightful updates. For your most insightful updates. And, and if you're a musical act and you're like, you know what? Uh, I can't get myself out there these days. You know, the Spotify sucks and the radio won't play us. And Hit us up. How will we get our, our our word out to the fine people of Buffalo and Western New York and and of course all of uh, you know Southern Ontario Southern Ontario get and on the square Turkey 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 is a big listener yeah no they love us and we we play in Constantinople right that's right we're uh, we're really a hit there but listeners thank you for uh, you know. Uh, waiting on tenter hooks for us for our, our little break. We've got a, you know, the, the content machine, contrary to popular belief, the content, the content mill does have to come to a halt every once in a while. So thank you for being patient, letting us take a week to a uh, week off to recover. And now we have our interview with Kim Beatty, Democratic nominee for sheriff. Uh, it's a good one. So stick around. And we are so honored today at the square to be interviewing the Democratic mayoral uh, Democratic candidate for sheriff who won the race in just an incredible fashion, Jim. I like this is like an unbelievable honor for me to have Kim Beatty on the show with us today. Yeah, uh, I mean, she really pantsed uh, the the her opponents. So it's uh, and 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 we did endorse her. So we assume that. You know, that's why she won. I mean, she did a lot of hard work. Her staff did a lot of hard work. Like, her campaign team did a lot of hard work. But we'd be remiss if we didn't take credit. We'll take her own. That's right. That's right. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. How you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. Um, thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. So, and I appreciate your um, wonderful endorsement. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Is like we're just a bunch of goofballs in a basement drinking beers, and we get to talk to, you know, the first African American woman to to win the Democratic nomination for sheriff, and hopefully be the first African American woman to be our future sheriff in Erie County. And it's just like, like the the weight of that moment, it, it really isn't lost on me. So I, it's a great honor to have you here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So thanks so much. Um, and like I said, every endorsement counts. So I really appreciate you endorsing me. No, we've been, we've, we've been following that race. We had been following that race for, for many months. And what's funny is like, it, it was such a roller coaster of a campaign season. Um, and, and watching it go from being something where, you know, you obviously face some, some hardships, both externally and from inside the party and to see, you know, like a Phoenix from the ashes, like you truly, it, it was like, 
it was an, I, I don't think I've really seen a candidate experience the, the, the dip and then just coming back and really with that community of support behind you, pushing you. And then to have the kind of election night that you did unprecedented. Yeah, I was kind of, um, I was kind of numb that night that I couldn't, I, I knew we had put in a great deal of work, all the hard work that was needed to win the campaign. So I had to take a few minutes before um, I met at our uh, watch party. I had to take a few minutes for myself. And I was like, Kim, take a deep breath because, <laughs> you know, we got this. We put in the work and this calm resolve came about me. So I was satisfied with whatever the results would be, but I knew they were going to be good. I just felt it inside. Yeah, no, we were we were following it. We were at uh, the quarter on Virginia Street and, and it was the only, you know, it was the only bar open that night weirdly on election night usually you'd go to founding fathers uh there's only like one place open so here we are huddled in this bar and we're you know there, it was a karaoke night and like people were singing and you know watching the basketball game and here we are like staring at our phones like okay let's see what the election results in sardinia look like and uh yeah that, i will say that 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 for me like so like early voting came in and you were ahead right mm-hmm yeah. And I thought that's a good sign. And then yes. then like so with the with the new board of elections site where the map is uh, heat coded to show you where they're coming in. And I yes. saw the first districts come in and it was the town of Sardinia. And you didn't carry the town of Sardinia, but you barely yeah. lost it. <laughs> and <laughs> I turned to Ree and I said this is really bad news for Brian Gould. <laughs> I mean, this is, this well, is. A, I'm not laughing at Brian Gould. I'm laughing at what you're saying. <laughs> I was like, this is, this, this is atrocious news because like he's going to get crushed in the city and he's going to have a tough time in Amherst. Theoretically, he'll keep it close in Cheektowaga, but I live in Lancaster right now, and I was driving through Cheektowaga a lot, and I didn't see a whole lot of Brian Gould signs in Cheektowaga, which was made me nervous for his campaign and made me happy because I was supporting your campaign. Well, I lived in Cheektowaga for 20 years, <laughs> and I have a lot of friends out there and a lot of places, you know, that I freak my kids grew up. Um, in Chief Dewaga, they attended the Maryville School District. So, you know, I know a lot of teachers, professionals out in Chief Dewaga, and mm -hmm. I expected to have a great deal of support. Uh, well, it, and, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I thought you would do well in Chief Dewaga. Mm -hmm. I, I thought you'd do well in, in Lock. I thought you'd do well in all the first ring suburbs. Um, mm -hmm. But to see you like doing that well in the exurbs in Sardinia, I was like, <laughs> This is this is real bad news. Like, if he can only win by thirty votes in Sardinia, he, oh, wow. he's he's got a real tough road. Well, we'll we'll circle back to the to the election or to the primary in just a second here. Um, but Kim, I do want to for our listeners, and and maybe this is mostly for my edification because you know you, you hear. I was telling you before we started recording here. You hear sheriff, and you think like the old West, like you got the, the cop in the town with the, the badge and the shotgun and it scares off all the bad guys. And mm -hmm. you know, long you're, story. Yeah. You're going to do all the public hangings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
but uh, no, but but seriously, like for for our listeners who might not be aware, who uh, you know, you see Erie County Sheriff in the news, but you don't really know what that means. What is uh, what does being the Erie County Sheriff? What does that mean, or what does that entail? Well, it entails a, a lot of work. Um, the Erie County Sheriff has many responsibilities, including Gold Patrol and managing the Erie County Holding Center and the Alden Correctional Facility. And, you know, my um, sheriff's office is going to be different than the current one we have. I plan to work hard to restore trust between law enforcement and the communities we serve to protect. We swear to protect, I'm sorry, we swear to serve and protect. Um, the sheriff's office, you know, over the past 16 years has been mismanaged. And the county facilities right now are among the worst in New York State. Um, there have been at least 31 deaths. And that occurred under the current sheriff's watch. And inmate care has been declared as so inadequate that it shocks the census. Um, there are reports of sheriff's deputies having inappropriate relationships with inmates falling asleep on the job and abusing overtime. And none of this should occur in a well-managed professional facility. And we cannot let Howard, Sheriff Howard's hand-picked successor continue this shameful legacy. So I'm gonna work hard to restore professionalism, transparency, and accountability to this office. And I'm gonna make sure every officer has the resources and training they need to do their job safe and effectively. And I wanna end solitary confinement. So I'm going to work hard to do that. I'm going to implement medically assisted treatment for inmates. And I'm going to focus on mental health care response and ensure that medical needs are met, including timely access um, for inmates for their um, prescription medications. So law enforcement is a great part of it. Um, the jails, the facilities, and um, training for officers. And like I said, um, Road patrols. So there's a lot to be done and a lot that has not been done. So a lot needs to happen in the Erie County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, it's it's, it's so you, you bring up the different parts of being sheriff, right? Right. Uh, the correctional facilities, the holding center and the road mm -hmm. patrols. And those mean different things to different parts of the county. Correct. Right. Like, yes. like if you if if I'm a listener to this show and I live in Elma, one of the main things I know of the sheriff is the road patrols because we don't have our own town police force in Alma, right? Right. We 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 rely upon the the road patrols, um, so it, it's it's got to be like a daunting position. Um, luckily, you're well qualified, and, and we we have a lot of faith in you. Uh, but uh, like to be able to manage like that the second ring, third ring, fourth ring suburbs are think of the sheriff only as road patrols and that the first ring suburbs in the, in the city think of it as like special events and the holding center. And th that's what they know uh, because that's how it, how the sheriff tends to impact their life because you don't see like, if you live in the, in the city, like I lived in the city for 15 years, I never mm -hmm. saw a sheriff road patrol just cruising down Elmwood. Well, there are um, different uh, grants that would call for the sheriff's office to work um, in conjunction with the city of Buffalo Police Department. It depends on what's, what's happening. Um, recently, when I was at the Buffalo Police Department, there was a gun-involved violence elimination grant, and that's still 
um, working today. And those officers did um, work well with the city officers and fighting crime in high crime areas and getting guns off the street. So we do have partnerships in law enforcement that will continue as long as, you know, the resources are there. I, I ran operations for the city of Buffalo Police Department. We had five, um, well, we still have five police districts and I was able to manage all of their operations. And I believe I'll still be able to do that countywide. Yeah. The, the big thing, you as a matter of fact, I know I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most experienced person running for sheriff. So you trained them all. You trained everybody. (laughs) And I've managed a lot of things. So I'm prepared. No, for sure. And, and one of the big things that you said, um, that stuck out with me is the conditions inside of the prisons. I, I have some very close friends who are, who are Erie County sheriffs, um, who work in, in the holding center. And some of the stories I hear about like the state of, you know, of the prisons is just like, yes, like certainly like being an inmate is, you know, uh, under Tim, under Tim Howard's tenure as sheriff, like has been absolutely miserable, but also for the people working there too. It's like, they might as well be locked in there with the inmates, you know, like it's, it's something where I, I see and you read the newspaper, but even just hearing like firsthand accounts from people who work there, it just sounds like so miserable. And, and, I don't know. I'm excited selfishly for my people that I care about, but also that, Hey, nobody wants to be in prison. Like nobody's excited about being a prisoner. And certainly a lot of the folks who work in that capacity, you know, they care about service and they care about law enforcement and, and protecting their community, but also at the same time, nobody wants to be in a prison. So at least if you're going to be there, if you're going to work there, like to me, it needs to be humane. It it needs to be, something where you show everybody's miserable going to work, you know, work, nobody likes going to work, but then you go into a workplace like that with some of the, some of the terrible conditions. And I, I, I don't know, I have empathy for both the people who have to be there because they committed crime and the people who are working there to put bread on their table. And, and you know, I understand that. And I've heard, and I've seen, because I've made arrests before. And like I said, I have 34 years of law enforcement experience. So I've had on occasion had to, um, transport people and have people housed at the Erie County Holding Center. And it is a miserable environment. And it was tough for me um, at times, you know, especially if you arrest, if I arrested a younger person, like say, I'll give an example, a young lady, 16 years old. And, you know, and then you have to put them in a pen with hardened criminals. And, you know, they're just there, you know, overnight. But that experience um, I would consider a crisis is worse than, you know, maybe the shoplifting offense at the time that people were um, incarcerated for um, than what she did. So I made, um, and this is more than one person, but I made several, several calls to get an appearance ticket, make sure that person had ID because I didn't want to leave them in that type of situation. And I've met a lot of officers over the years that um, work at the Erie County Holding Center And, you know, they're unhappy. They're being forced to work overtime. And, of course, we have to have people there. But maybe we need to also hire people to make sure that, you know, we get don't run into a burnout situation and we have mental health problems for our officers. Families, I've had um, instances where they've complained to me about 
Well, I go to the Erie County Holding Center to visit my family member who may have been, you know, housed there for like a DWI offense. And they also mistreat people that visit there, uh, the detainees, the, uh, the inmates. And, you know, it's not right to be unprofessional in your job. And maybe some of that comes with the stress associated with what you're going through every day at work. But more importantly for me, I need for inmates, detainees, I need for them and their families to know that they are safe. I need for um, officers to feel safe. I need for um, officers to know that I have their backs and I'm trying, I'm going to try to do the best I can for them and get them the resources and training that they need to be able to survive their work experience. And I want the inmates and detainees and everyone else to survive what's happening, you know, in an incarcerated situation. No, I think that's important because, like, you know, we hear of, when we think of law enforcement, we think of the phrase to protect and serve, right? And yes. you're, you're talking about protecting. And you're talking about protecting, you know, not just those individuals, those civilians are on the outside, but those detainees or those inmates and mm-hmm. those, and, 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 the, and the corrections officers and, and the, the sheriffs who work there as well, protecting all of them, uh, and I think that's an important distinction and an important idea to, to really play out is that, you know, like if you're going to do the job to the degree that like the best way you, it can be done, right? I have a responsibility to give them the training and resources to get it done the best way possible, efficiently and safely. Kim, I'd like to talk a little bit about the, the general election coming up. Um, and we'll circle back a little bit. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the primary, but just real quick, we're we're looking at um, a three way race in November. It's, four way. Or, oh, is there a fourth? Yeah, there's uh, uh, Ted Denoto on the. Uh, he did an independent nominating petition, and he, so he's he's got his own independent line. My apologies. So a four a four way race now. Um, two candidates of whom, I mean, I, I know John Garcia tries to market himself as the. Uh, what do we call it? I, I used to think of it as the compassionate conservative. That's what like George W. Bush liked to call himself back in the day. So he, he tries to uh, put himself out there as that Karen Healy case makes no bones about who she is. Um, and, and for our listeners, you know, who might have, again, everything is, you, you can't take away the context. So I know there are a lot of folks who have very strong feelings about policing in America. Um, you know, whatever the case may be, but I'll tell you this, your competitors, Kim, like they're straight out of the Donald Trump playbook. <laughs> like they're, they, it might as well just be Tim Howard, you know, wearing, I, I don't know, like wearing, wearing a costume. Well, and that's like you said, like during the primary. So like I was seeing my, uh, in Lancaster, I was at my parents' house and my father's is a registered Republican. He's not a conservative. He's not a Trump guy. Uh, I he just is too lazy to change his affiliation. <laughs> um, but well, he can vote for me in November. Uh, oh, he can definitely <laughs> vote for you in November. Don't worry about that. Uh, it, whether he wants to or not, he might have a yard sign on. So it's. Uh, but uh, so like the Garcia Keeley case mailers were coming to his house mm-hmm. for him. And they were both breaking their hip trying to get to the I'm more Trump than the other person. 
And, oh, wow. and and you know and Garcia, you know, he's endorsed by Howard. So Karen Healy case might be insane. <laughs> but she wasn't endorsed by Howard, who is a well I won't editorialize that. Much. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I wanted to ask you out of that, Kim, like, again, I know some of our listeners might be thinking, you know, they might have different feelings about the institution of policing or the sheriff or, or whatever. But, I mean, maybe you could just expand how you feel about, you know, your competitors who, like, they they want to be Tim Howard again. They want to be Donald Trump. Like, how disastrous would it be to have a Karen Healy case or, um, you know, John Garcia be our next sheriff? Well, I feel like it's important that we have an opportunity right now to put the best, most qualified person in office. I am the most experienced. I taking my compassion, dignity and respect um, for other people to work with me every day. And from day one, I'll be ready to lead. I'm the highest ranking officer in this campaign. And I've always worked and been an advocate for community policing, accountability, and transparency. And I cannot say that um, the others have done that. So that I'm going to go on my record and just say that I'm the best person for the job and that we don't need a hand-picked um, Howard endorsement or anyone else to be Erie County Sheriff. I, I was out of the race. I got back in because I knew that I was the best person for the job yeah, out and, of everyone in the field. Well, and, and and not just Howard, but like, you know, the sheriff's office had issues before Howard was sheriff. Mm-hmm. And that was under Gallivan. And the Gallivan also picked the exact same person. And so for the last two sheriffs who each had uh, a whole multitude of issues to go, we've got our chosen successor. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do I have some problems with that. And and that's unfortunate because the, their um, choice, their chosen, the chosen one does not have enough experience. He, he was a detective in the city of Buffalo Police Department. I was the deputy police commissioner of the Buffalo Police Department. He reported to me. And at the end of the day, Buffalo is the second largest police department in New York State. So I've led from the front. And mm-hmm. that's what I will continue to do. Sure. No. And I, I appreciate, uh, you know, you, you, you go high and, and they go low. Kim, you go high and then you let us go low for you. We, yeah. we will. We yeah. will. Don't, don't we worry. Will. Don't worry. I appreciate when, that. When, when, when you're not talking to us, when it's, it's, it's just the three of us talking, <laughs> we will go so low. Don't worry. We're, we're on our best behavior now, but don't you worry. <laughs> Thank we, you. We, we got you covered. Um, I want to I want to pivot a little bit to you know again I say context is everything and we're in the context of uh, India Walton winning the Democratic primary uh, in the city of Buffalo mayoral race uh, you know some something that obviously I mean it was a shock the world moment not just in the city not just in the county I mean we have national uh, maybe even international attention honestly in Buffalo and in Erie County um, what I want to ask you and. At this point, I, I don't want to say that um, India Walton's race is a done deal, even though I think it is. Like I don't, I don't believe in a Byron Brown mayoral writing campaign, all things considered. But I do think, actually, at this point in time, that your race will be the more 
important or the more pressing race between the two, just because I think that India Walton does have, you know, I, I think she does have that in the bag and hopefully I don't look like I don't have egg all over my face come, you know, November. But I just want to ask you, how important do you think the turnout um, from that race, from the, the Buffalo mayor's race, how important that'll be for your campaign. And if you've reached out to India Walton for, for her support, or if you've coordinated it all. Um, I'm going to say this. Um, I'm a resident of Lancaster also. So, and I'm a candidate for a countywide race. And that's, and this race is so important for me that I have to generate support from everyone throughout Erie County and I'm going to work hard with whoever the voters in the city of Buffalo elect as their mayor. Um, I'm going to be their sheriff. And I'll say we have whoever it is, I'm going to support that person. And we have serious work ahead of us. And I'm going to concentrate on the problems. At the, I'm not denying that we need a good person in office to run the city of Buffalo. But I'm going to concentrate on the big problems. And this is a big race. Uh, 31 people have died in a holding center in the past 16 years. And we need to increase our capacity to respond to mental health crisis. And that is right now severely limited. And I'm, e I'm eager to get started on the real work of reforming a broken system and restoring trust. And that includes the residents of the city of Buffalo. And I do want them to come out for me and um, support the Erie County Sheriff's race. So I'm going to support whoever they decide to vote for mayor. And I can't tell you enough. I live in Lancaster <laughs> with one of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and um, just, just to kind of focus on that a the little town bit. town of Lancaster. The I'm town. sorry. Town. <laughs> yeah. Not the village. The, not, not, the town. Not, not, not with those losers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> We love the village. We love the town. Everybody, you know, yeah. we love Lancaster. All our Lancaster listeners. Um, yeah. But Kim, you know. I love living in Lancaster, too. It's a beautiful place. It's nice. It's, it's really not so bad. Well, we give it a lot of grief, but uh, it's not so bad. Out there, <laughs> it's Kim. all right. It's, it, it could be better. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, I just want to, I want to, and, and I know we're, we're going a little long here. Um, we don't want to keep you. And, you know, we know you're busy. But last thing that we want to ask. So you weren't the endorsed candidate of, you know, the Erie County Democratic Committee going into this race, but my goodness, like you, you won, you won in a song, like you just ran away with this race. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's just so impressive. What, what's the secret sauce? Like, well, how, how did you do it? Um, <laughs> if I tell you they're going to use it, not <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm proud of the campaign that we ran in the primary, and I'm eager to work with the Erie County Democratic Committee and the party leaders in the general election. We worked hard, and um, I can't tell you we got out enough that we got out there, um, direct voter contact, um, talking to people, meeting people where they were. Mm -hmm. And right now, um, this campaign is so important. And I don't want to play politics when lives are at stake. So we're going to get out there and just keep working. And the secret sauce is for people to really get to know me. And I know right now it's important for me to share the message that we don't want a single, we, I don't know of a single Democrat who wants to let Tim Howard's handpicked successor continue his unprofessional and downright dangerous legacy. That's the secret sauce. 
So we have to make sure that the public understands that. I'll say right now, you know, with me not being the endorsed candidate, I do want to thank the party leaders like County Executive Poland Cars for his heartfelt congratulations. And I, I look forward to working together and went back to Sheriff's office after so many decades of mismanagement and abuse. And I've met with uh, many elected Democrats in their town chairs, and I'm confident that this campaign will have the full backing and support of ECDC. So the secret sauce is for them to get to know me. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I hope that- There is no other candidate like me. There is no other candidate. No, absolutely not. That's, and I, I hope that they all learn their lesson and get behind you. Uh, I'm a guy who likes to get it into the weeds and look at the financials. So I'll be checking their checkbooks and making sure that they're writing checks to you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Light the fire because we need uh, financial support um, through donations. And we need for people, the, our public throughout Erie County to be involved in this campaign because I can't do this by myself. I mean, there's only one me. I'm going to be the greatest sheriff Erie County ever had. (laughs) And I really, really appreciate that you support me in this. No, I believe that Kim. And yeah, thank you so much. Kim Beatty, the democratic candidate for the Erie County Sheriff's race. Kim, where can our listeners find out more information about you or support you or, you know, how do I mean, hopefully they got to know you after this interview. And, uh, you know, I, it's my first time talking to you, and, I, and I'm truly blown away. You are a very, very personable person, and you're just, like, a, a lot of fun to talk to. We could do this forever, but I know you're busy. So where can our listeners find out more if they want to support your campaign? Where can they go? They can go online at KimberlyBDForSheriff.com. They can make uh, um, donations at um, AgBlue. I'm Kimberly Beatty for Sheriff. They can also mail in checks to Kim, Friends of Kimberly Beatty at 170 Manhattan, Suite 1514 in the city of Buffalo, 14215. I also have a few Facebook pages, and they're very active. Uh, Kimberly Beatty for Sheriff, again. And then we also have a Team Beatty page because people love to be a part of the team. And, and I need for them to help me throughout this process. We have to win, or we're going to have some problems. And I want to mention, uh, if you're a if you're a Twitter user, you want to yeah. go to at four BD uh, yes. on Twitter. Thank you. And we also have a campaign headquarters at thirty one forty two Main Street, and uh, it should be up and running. I believe they started, or they're going to start Monday to be really active again. So. Stop by is that right across from the Steer Restaurant, mm-hmm. 3142 Main. So thank you for the Twitter handle. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kim, thanks again for joining us. And, and hopefully we talk to you soon once uh, you're our future sheriff. How about right, that? Yeah, we, I can't wait to talk thank to you, you in November when you're sheriff-elect. This has been wonderful. I really, really appreciate you having me. So that was an awesome interview with Kim Beatty. And uh, yeah, what else is there for me to say about that? But man, I hope she wins. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, she's, she's, she seems great. She was fun. She was engaged. Uh, 
Um, she didn't give us just the dry answers. Um, I hope she wins. I know that, spoiler alert, um, I know in the past I've mentioned that I, I've volunteered for her during the primary season. I'll be volunteering for her during the general election season. So uh, I might be a little biased, but and by a little I mean totally. Yeah, our, our position here, listeners, is that, you know, we will we will air who we like out for you. Uh, we report, you decide. It's it's like you're adults, you know. You know people have preferences. You know we're in the bag. You knew we were in the bag for India Walton well before even we had her on the the podcast. We like we like, but we respect you enough to let you know mm-hmm. where we're coming from. So that's what's up with that. And Jim Ryan. Our sweet boy Ryan, by the way, yeah, our yes. sweet, sweet, sweet boy Ryan. He's made it a reality. The thing that I've been wanting for so long, Jim, tell me it's true. It's truer than Santa Claus. Ah, ah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for the children. <laughs> the shirts, the shirts. We're we getting got the, the shirts. shirts, folks. We, we got, got the shirts. shirts. The we shirts got the are, shirts. The shirts are real. We've got t-shirts. We've got tank tops and uh, they've got the Buffalo Rad logo on them oh. the sweetest logo that you've ever seen so um by this time by the time we release this podcast i i will have posted the the shirt store on social media if there's something i'm missing if there's something you don't like feel free to yell at me on twitter at the real ryan Steele. find snake find snake on twitter mm-hmm. and yell at him or tell him that you really like this and i'll make more of them mm-hmm. all right if you want a hoodie and i don't have a hoodie maybe you know fall weather i'll, I'll put a ho- fucking hoodie on there or if uh, you want a different style, if you want, I don't know, coasters. Maybe I can figure that out. Hot pants. Hot pants. Hot pants oh. with, with rad on the on the ass. Yep. Oh, that'd be so cool. Or and like down the leg. Even. Fanny packs. Yeah. Fanny pack. I could do fanny packs. Yes, I know. I could oh. Do oh, man. Let me know. You, you listeners, fans, rad pack. Let me know. Yep. I want to make you happy. It's not just about us. I mean, it's certainly about us because you know we're <laughs> we're doing this and you're you're paying us money but actually listener it's about you not for a sense of community although you know i guess that's a a cool little side effect but you get to wear cool shit and you know what that is the biggest motivator i i think that uh, i have for a lot of stuff is if i get some cool merch mm-hmm. that i can buy and i i get to wear that buffalo i get i'm wearing one of the shirts right now uh, one of our little samples it feels good doesn't it yeah, that's yeah it's you know wearing cool merch is the only reason why i adopted that child yes yes so you should do everything in your life so that you can buy cool merch and tell people about yeah, it right what does buffalo rad mean well there's this really cool podcast with a bunch of really smart guys who i listen to and then you tell all your friends and then they can tell their friends two out of three to tell them all no three out of three tell oh. three out of three of your friends right you tell them you listen Listen to my listen to my friend's podcast here, and then buy the shirts. And then, how many shirts did we sell? A lot. We're millionaires. We're like the guy who plants one lemon seed, yeah. and then he sells three million dollars worth of lemons. Fans, make us millionaires. Make, make us millionaires. millionaires. Right? Yeah, because we'll spend our money on good stuff, like uh, sending uh, Richard Branson space. <laughs> listen, if I was a millionaire, I would not make one of those shitty gray beige buildings. Okay, I no. promise you that. Mm-hmm. No, it'd definitely be blue or some cool color like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, yeah, we'd make it with the the buffalo wrap. No, I would, I would, I would hire like Frank Gehry to design it. Sure, and it'd be like all bendy and shit. But could awesome. we put the Buffalo Rad logo on the side of the building? Oh, that the the, the whole thing would look like Buffalo Rad. Oh. Yeah, Zubas. Yep. 
Hell except yeah. except it would like like it would change as you're driving down hurdle. It would like change its perspective on you. Yes. So listeners, make us rich or at the very least get yourself a cool t-shirt. Help, yeah. Help us open a bar where there are no bartenders. Oh, we could have a we could have our actual robot bartender. Right. right. Now that would be right. cool. It'd be like Rocky Four. Oh yeah. But as a bartender. But as a bartender. But the beer comes out of the robot's crotch. Right. Well, we've gone far afield, friends. But <laughs> thank you again for listening to The Square. Sometimes we do this. Other times we don't. But, eh, you know, maybe we have some new listeners who are coming to listen to the Kim Beatty interview. So we are The Square. I'm Re. I'm Jim. And I'm Snake. Guys, where can y'all be found on social media? Jim. You can find me at James Tamel, T-A-M-O-L, T as in Thomas, A-M as in Michael O-L, on Twitter, or Battle Jim of the Republic on the Instagram. Um, on Twitter, at the real Ryan Steele. All right, and, and trouble will find me, but you won't find me on social media. I don't like to put myself out there, but I am a true businessman, and I will support our page. So we are at the Square Pod Buff on Twitter. Uh, we're the Square Podcast on Facebook. And of course, listener, you found a way to listen to us, but but if you're telling others to go listen to us, well, they can listen to us on uh, the uh, Apple Podcast Store, right. on Stitcher, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the... Uh, uh, you can find it anywhere at this point. We're right. on there, baby. Right. So you're telling your friends, hey, there's a sweet podcast I listen to. Oh, what's it called? Oh, it's called the Square Square Podcast. Where do I listen to it? Anywhere. Everywhere. And wherever you want. You know what? You could even just like tweet at us. We'll send you the link to it if you're really having trouble. If yep. you're technologically uh, challenged. I, I will record it on, on tape and send it to your house if you want me to. Oh. Oh, that would be a fun Cassette little thing tape. to do. Mixtapes. Mixtapes. Oh. Podcast mixtapes. Dude, what if dude, we what if we did like um like a square pod mixtape with some of our favorite songs? Oh let's fucking do it. Oh, I might have to speak that into existence someday. Yeah. Okay. That sounds cool. Let's do it. All right. Buy us sh- buy our shirts so we can do stuff like that. Yep. That's the only way it's gonna happen. Love you guys. Have the shirts. Oh.